And a very good day. This is Pastor Mark Whelan with my wife, Catrice. Good day. And this is Touch of God. Thank you for tuning in this week. And we are continuing on with this series called The Dwelling Place. Dwelling in Him, in Christ, so that Christ can dwell in us. Amen. So important that it's not just about reading the Bible and understanding what it says, but it's about knowing the Word of God, knowing Jesus, who is the Word made flesh. Amen. Because when we know the Word, we know Him. But let's spend time with Him, not just reading the Word, but being with Him in His presence. Amen. So over to you, Catrice. We're looking at John 15 verse 4 to verse 8 dwell in me and i will dwell in you live in me and i will live in you just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in being vitally united to the vine neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me when we look at this and we just examine dwell in me and i in you it's hard to go even beyond that because we need to continue to define what does it mean to dwell in the Lord and we have to examine it much closer last week we left off with being one in the spirit which is becoming a part of someone else a body a unity more than one but everyone dwelling together I like to think about it as we often look at many things And we don't fully understand, or at least I didn't fully understand, exactly what does that mean. And a lot of times for me, when someone told me of something, I often would just want to skip to the end (laughs) and just want all the, the rewards of whatever it is that they were talking about. And so when we go back to John 15, verse 4, when it says, dwell in me, we can sit all day long and we can hear people talk about dwelling in the Lord and we can read about dwelling in the Lord. We can see different documentaries on dwelling in the Lord. But the truth is, if we ourselves don't dwell in the Lord, then we're missing the full experience. I like to look at it this way. When an event is going on, you can either be a spectator, which is outside of the event, and your view is you're looking at the event, you're watching things take place, you're watching other people do things, do actions to create this atmosphere, this scenery. Or you're on the other side and you're a part of those people creating that atmosphere, having the experience and doing. And so there's two perspectives. You can be on the outside and you can tell everyone about the play, what the storyline was, but only the people who perform the work in the play know really what went on. What did it take to put on a play? What does it take to be in this play, to be a part of the play? Standing outside the play, watching it, does not make it the same as putting on this play. And so this is what we're trying to examine this week. When we're talking about John 15, verse 4, dwell in me and I in you. Am I a spectator outside of the secret place? but believe that I'm dwelling in Christ or am I inside the secret place having an experience that I can lead others to knowing what it is like to dwell in the secret place. A lot of times I like to think about other examples. Sometimes it can be cooking. 
and we can watch all kinds of people on social media cook different kinds of meals and we want to be able to cook that meal but really watching the show and talking about the show and swapping recipes does not make you a brownie doesn't make you a cookie doesn't make you a cake because you're missing the experiential when we become a part of the experience then we know that when you crack an egg, you want to be careful to not get the shell <laughs> inside the batter, right? But you wouldn't have that experience if you were outside of that and you had never made a cake. You wouldn't know that you have to preheat the oven before you even start mixing everything together. So then by the time you get done, the oven or whatever the apparatus is that you're using to cook will be heated up and ready for the batter to be put on the skillet to make this outcome of the cake. So far too often we want the outcome of spending time with the Lord and oh, it's so wonderful to be with the Lord. But the truth is, if we're not in Christ, if we're not spending time in the Lord, we're missing out. So what I wanna do is I wanna examine some of the attributes of just spending time with the Lord. And before we do that, we're going to look at what it means to dwell. I'm just going to go over the definition again. It's always nice to be refreshed. So to dwell in the Greek means meno. To dwell means to stay, to continue, to lodge, to sojourn, to remain, to rest, to settle, to last, to endure, to persevere, to be constant, to be steadfast, to abide. To be close in, close and settled union. To wait for, to remain, to await. See, all of these things bring indications that we're doing more than just sitting there. But when you make the Lord your dwelling place, it's a place, a refuge that you continuously go back to, to be recharged. Sort of like when you recharge your phone. Amen. And just reading that verse Catrice, verse 4 in John 15 says, Dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Right after that, in the Amplified Classic Edition, it says in parentheses or brackets, Live in me and I will live in you. And we can easily rush right by there and say, Okay, yep, I live in him, live in Jesus, yep, yep. But think about it. What do we do all day? We exist, we live. We're not dead. We're alive in Christ. So we are living. But where are we living? Where do we exist? Where do we survive? Where do we put our heart, our mind every moment? Where do we actually live? And don't think of it as living in a, an apartment, a home, or think of that nature. Think about where, you, where your heart is. Where are you living from moment to moment? Are you living with Jesus, in Jesus? Are you talking to him? Are you making him a part of your day? Is he your partner? Is he your true Savior and Lord? Or are you living outside of him? Are you living without contemplating him or involving him? Are you maybe preoccupied or distracted by other things and you spent a lot of your waking life living in another place in your heart and focused on other things? and you don't really have time or you don't remember that Jesus should be a part of those uh, circumstances and those daily events in your life and activities. So live in me and I will live in you, Jesus says. Live in me and I will live in you. So 
all of our existence every day should be in Jesus, with Jesus, and not letting the distractions of this world take our focus off of him. Because we don't want to give the enemy, the devil, any time of day. We don't want to give these distractions any time when the true source, the one true source, the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus himself is saying, live in me. Why would we not want to live in the true source that is the life? Amen. So as you were speaking that, I thought of John 1 verse 3 where it says, All things were made and came into existence through him, and without him was not even one thing made that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So this is this Jesus that we're dwelling in, that we're getting to know, right? When we dwell in him and he and us, we get to know who Jesus is. There's a union going on, just like a union of a marriage or a family. When you spend more and more time around someone, you know how they think, you know their characteristics, you know what to expect of them because you know what they believe in, what they're doing, what they're not doing. And so as we form this perfect union in Christ, this is what happens. We take on his nature and his characteristics. So what are the nature and the characteristics of being in Christ? And who is Jesus? Well, it says in John 1, Verse 1, in the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself, so that we know Jesus was the Word, and he was with God even from the beginning. And then in verse 2, it says, he was present originally with God. And then we're leading right back into the verse that I just read to you, which is John 1, verse 3. All things were made and came into existence through him, and without him was not even one thing made. That has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So if we want to be in Christ, there's going to be a light on us, and it's going to be the light of men. What are some other attributes that occur as we spend time in Christ? What is it that we're learning? What is it that we're around? What is it that happens in this secret place? It says in Psalms 119 verse 89, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven, stands firm as the heavens. So we're seeing that when we remain in Christ, we remain in his word and his word is firm and forever settled in the heavens. In Colossians 2 verse 3, it says, in him, all the treasures of divine wisdom, comprehension, insight into the ways and purposes of God, and all the riches of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment are stored up and lie hidden. Catrice, I just wanted to add another one there, Psalm 119 verse 105, which is just a little further along than verse 89, but Psalm chapter 119 verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now we know Jesus is the word, amen. And so when we live in him, when we dwell in him, there's no alternative, but we will be illuminated. Jesus will shine the light upon areas that need to be lit in our hearts, in our thinking, 
and even as far as our physical bodies are going to receive healing as well. Everything is going to be reconciled. God is always in the restoration business. He's he's always restoring. He's always reconciling. And so he wants you to understand him. But as we dwell in him, we seek him. We are saying, Jesus, just let your light so shine upon me. Let your light illuminate me. Let your word be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let me know, let me see, Lord, by your word that where I'm standing with the lamp shining down to my feet and the light to my path in front of me to see where I'm going. You see, if we do not dwell with the Lord, if we if we only seek him once in a while, we will not have our path lit and we will not know where we're standing. So we are opened and susceptible to being vulnerable and the enemy can lead us off into the wilderness into a deep forest and there are so many trees that you cannot find your way out until you seek the Lord again and then his word will again be a lamp unto your feet and a light to your path to get you out of that forest but why not from day one say I'm never going to go into that forest I'm never going to depart from the the way I'm never going to depart from the way, the truth, and the life. I'm going to seek Jesus with all my heart, and I'm going to remain in him, dwelling in him, so that his light would never depart from me. Some more attributes that we glean when being with the Lord. In Colossians 2, verse 9, it says, For in him the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. You are in him, made full, and having come to fullness of life in Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. And he is the head of all rule and authority of every angelic principality and power. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision not made with hands, but in a spiritual circumcision performed by Christ by stripping off the body of the flesh, the whole corrupt carnal nature with its passion and lust. Amen. Amen. Who would not want to be with Christ after you see all the things that occur from just being established and rooted in him? Amen. So we're going to just continue and we're just going to go back to John 15 verse 4 and it says dwell in me and I will dwell in you live in me and I will live in you. So I find that that's interesting because first he says dwell in me and I will dwell in you and then live in me and I will live in you as if there was another option and so I just begin to think if there was an option if I wasn't choosing Christ to dwell in me and let's say before I came to Christ I would think, what is dwelling in me? If by spending time around Jesus, I take on his nature and characteristics. If I'm not spending time with Jesus, whose nature and characteristics am I taking on? And so that causes you to think about that. When we look at John 15 from the beginning, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dressers. And as we have been going through the nature and the characteristics of what Jesus does and what the vine dresser does and what the vine does, we see that the attributes are to make us firm and steadfast. They're bringing nutrients 
to us so that we can make it to the other seasons that are coming before us, right? Because Jesus knows everything. He is the word and through him, all things were created and made. So of course, we would be encapsulated within all things that were made, right? Because we were created. And so when we think about what was created, we have to go back to our creator. And so of course, we would want to spend time with the one who has created us. And so by dwelling in him, we are taking on the nature and the characteristics of Jesus Christ. We are blessed and we are being conformed and transformed into his image. Amen, Catrice. Amen. I just think at this point we should pray for the listeners, these precious souls that are listening today. And they're saying, I'm trying to spend time with the Lord. I'm trying. Am I succeeding? Am I, am I passing the test? This is not necessarily like an exam where you pass or fail. Now, you do not want to get to the point where you finally meet Jesus on Judgment Day and he says, I never knew you. So that is a danger if we continue to be consumed by distractions or anything that would keep us from focusing on the Lord each day. He loves you so much. You know, this is not a a God who is a dictator. This is not a God who is angry if you don't spend time with him. He loves you so much. And you know, just one example of his love was he sent his son because the father did not want you to go to the place that we all deserved, which was hell. So Jesus is the one who came from the father. The father sent him because he loved you. And so why would we not want to spend time with someone who so unconditionally loves us? And so this is not a God who wants to take a tally of how many minutes you spend with him versus not. He just wants a relationship. He paid so preciously for us to have a relationship with him. So there is nothing to be afraid of, and there is only great things to gain by connecting and dwelling and abiding and living in the one who suffered on that tree on that cross for you and I. Amen. There is so much more than just saying the prayer to receive Jesus in our hearts. That is just the very beginning. As much of a miracle that is, the goodness just keeps on happening because when you are seeking Jesus, only good things will continue to happen for you because you will be receiving the way, the truth, and the life. Now, I'm not saying that your life will not have trouble because there are trials and tribulations, but evil is not caused by the Lord. Temptations are not caused by the Lord. But in 1 Corinthians 10, he limits the temptations of the enemy so that we can bear them. But we can seek the Lord, abide in him, and we will have the grace, the strength, and the power and the empowerment of the Lord to to push through every day. Amen. But we have to seek Jesus because we need him as that source. It's not just receiving Jesus because you want to get something from God. God wants a relationship. He wants your whole heart. He is your best friend. He wants you to know him and not just know of him. So he wants you to get closer because he's already there. He's waiting. He's knocking at that door, just like it says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 19 to 20. He's knocking at the door of your heart, waiting for you to open the door. He's not barging the door down, but he sure wants you to open the door and allow him in and to eat and dine with you. So, Lord, I thank you today for these precious souls that they would understand how simple it is 
to just spend some time with you each day in a quiet place, away from the noise, away from the distractions, and away from other things that would take these souls away from time with you. Whether it's getting up earlier in the morning, Lord, before the sun rises, and spending time with you in a small room in the house, Lord, or whether it's in their car, or whether it's just taking a walk down the street by themselves and just spending time with you in their heart, that is where you reside, in our hearts, in the Holy Spirit. And we thank you today, Lord, that you are always talking to us. And let these precious souls recognize your voice because, Lord, you said, my sheep know my voice. So, Lord, I thank you today that these people are loved because you loved them first and you died for them. And, Lord, I thank you for these precious souls recognizing your presence and recognizing how good you are as they dwell in you and live in you. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Mark. Just know that you can boldly approach the throne of grace and receive mercy and find grace in the presence of the Lord, that he is always there waiting with open arms because it's the Father's good pleasure to give you a good gift. And it is never too late to just approach that throne. As you cry out right now and you just ask the Lord, you know, Lord, I thought I was in you, but it turns out if I'm not in you, I'm outside of you and I don't want to be not in you because apart from you, I can do nothing. So I thought maybe I was saved and remaining in you, but it turns out it's something different. But your word says that I can remain in you, Lord. Will you come in and dine with me? Will you talk with me? Not just be in a separate room, but I want to be in the same place as you. I want to be in your presence. I want to taste of your goodness. I want to see your love and mercy. Lord, won't you come into my heart? Won't you spend time with me, Lord? Wake me up in the morning, Lord. I want to be with you more than I want to eat, more than I want to drink water, more than I want to do anything, Lord, because you are my source. You are my refuge. What comes to mind actually is Psalm 91. I know we probably don't have time, but if you want to reference that and go and read that, and it just says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. And so this is something that you want to examine and meditate on, and then maybe we'll start with that the next time. Yes, and just for next time and during this week, just talk to the Lord about something that you've never wanted to talk to Him about before. Amen. Something that you've never raised with Him, the topic that you've never discussed with Him and something that may be painful for you to discuss or maybe very easy for you to discuss with him. But just remember to thank him for what he's done for you. Amen. Thank him for the oxygen in your lungs. Thank him for the food on your table. But share some things with the Lord this week and just see what he will do because he is mighty. He is the almighty and he loves you. He cherishes you and he's your heavenly father, but he's also God as well. Amen. So until next week, you have... A blessed week. Amen. Amen.